0: so that you can lean in and look closer and give your inner child what it is craving. Where there is tension requires attention. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Kindred Sage Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Brianna, and I'm on a mission to energetically up-level my life and teach you how to do the same, to raise your vibrations, re-examine your perception of self, and nourish the confidence to create an extraordinary experience here on Earth. Are you ready to expand with me? Let's dive in. Well, hello there. It's been a while. I'm super excited to start season two of the Kindred Sage podcast. I'll be honest, I actually recorded episode 15, my original idea for episode 15, which had to do with the energetic shifts that I made in my life last year that really kind of up-leveled my experience. I recorded that on... New Year's Eve, and I paused it at the end and went and had fun, <laughs> started a bonfire with my partner and my friends, and just kind of hung out for New Year's Eve. And then I was going to come back and uh, edit it the next day, and then and then publish it on New Year's Day. And when I came back to it on New Year's Day, it was nowhere to be found. So yeah. I thought that was a sign from the universe to pause, maybe work on my foundation a little bit. It was in the middle of Mercury retrograde. So, uh, there was some just weird stuff happening during that time, uh, especially with technology I kind of mentioned that on, um, stories on my Instagram story, but anyways, I just saw that sign from the universe as an opportunity to pause and reflect and work on some Foundational things for Kindred Sage, and there's quite a bit coming down the pipe right now. I'm working on a few pretty exciting things. Uh, I'm not quite ready to share them with you yet. I need to work out a few more details, but uh, yeah, things are things are emerging this year, and that's what I feel my word is for this year is emerging because. It feels like I've tended to the roots quite a bit over the last year, year and a half. And now um, that that sprout is growing. And that's really exciting because that means more, more impact, more freedom, more flow. Um, and that's what I'm here for. But today I decided I was going to kick off season two with something a little different. And I feel like I am entering this... kind of tough love uh, season of my life, era, I guess, of my life, where I'm really giving myself tough love and calling myself out on my bullshit. And I'm taking the time to look closer because Everything in our life, everything that comes up in our subconscious, everything that is reflected in our life, especially those that create tension in our frequencies are there because they require attention. Gabor Mate says this, that where there is tension, it requires attention. So that is really what I'm focusing on for myself. And in turn, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you. So today I decided, uh, let's talk a little tough love about relationships. I put together a list, eight roses of wisdom that have a little bit of a prick to them, a little bit of thorn happening, but beautiful blossoms. Okay. So working through these little pieces of Uh, tenderness, of pain, of tension, and diving deeper, looking closer, can make that blossom even more fragrant, even more vibrant, even more delicious. And ultimately, that's what I want to share with you from my experience, what I have learned personally uh, through my own relationships, and what I have learned through professional training, and be able to give you some of these gold nuggets that could possibly influence the way you see your relationships and the way you dig deeper to find those pain points and be able to cultivate a really rich and colorful blossoming relationship in your life. To get started, I want to talk about, let's go all the way back to your childhood, And how much your caretaker blueprint really affects the way that you relate to others as an adult, because that's where it starts. We learn how to relate to others. We learn the cues for safety and intimacy and attachment through our relationships with our caregivers from day one. So through their behavior, through their words, through their emotional resonance, We learn what is safe and what is needed of us to garner the attention we need to feel connected. So that's the first one. Number one is diving deeper into your caretaker blueprint. How was your relationship with your mother? Did you feel heard? Did you feel seen? Did you feel understood? Did you feel like you had to perform to receive love? Did it feel like that love was conditional? Or did you feel secure in that attachment? Were you able to be yourself and explore and be curious and still feel loving attachment with your mom? What about your father? Did your father make you feel safe? just in his being? Did you watch the way your father made your mom feel safe? What was that relationship between your mother and your father? Was there connection emotionally? Was there connection mentally? Were they able to have fun together or was it a really serious relationship? Was there any kind of infidelity or uh, maybe nuanced behavior that left you a little confused? Was there any kind of abuse between your caretakers or between you and your caretakers? These imprints are gold. When looking at how you can transform your own relationship, how you can show up in your own relationship, when you dig deeper and you have those aha moments of, well, yeah, my dad kind of wasn't there. And there was a lot of performing for my mother or my stepmother in order to feel loved. And I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel secure. So I felt like I needed to meet these illusions of desires, what I thought my caretakers needed from me in order to feel safe. In my life, that showed up as performing to receive love and performing to feel connected. But it always felt like there was something missing. So that's number one. If you are interested in learning where these behaviors come from in your life and how you show up in relationship and what you expect in relationship, all of those are going to be driven by your subconscious via your caretaker blueprint. So I think it is very valuable and very important to take time to unpack what you saw, what was imprinted on you as the outline for feeling safe and secure and loved. Number two, I just alluded to this. What is your attachment style? Attachment styles come from that caretaker blueprint. John Bowlby's attachment theory has been in existence and been in evolution since the 1950s. And according to this theory, there are four main attachment styles. There are three insecure and one secure. So the first is anxious or preoccupied. Someone who has an anxious attachment style will look toward their partner for reassurance and for the importance in their life. And for the security, it all comes from someone else. It is all outside of them. And if for some reason that doesn't happen, say your partner is going through something and they don't have the emotional capacity to provide that um, attention, then the anxious attached individual will start to act erratically in order to evoke that feeling of, of security. And often that means kind of badgering the other person about the security. Do you still love me? Is it me? Are you mad at me? Anxious attachment often has difficulty differentiating between their emotions as an individual and their partner's emotions as an individual. They often carry this responsibility that their partner's situation and the way that they are behaving, and especially the way they are behaving toward them, is a direct reflection of them. That it is all because of them. The second is uh, avoidant attachment or dismissive and avoidant attachment usually manifests in someone who feels like they're the lone wolf and they don't necessarily need a partner. They feel very independent and they are avoiding uh, emotional connection. They most likely love touch. They love sex. They love that kind of physical attachment, but the emotional attachment will seem cauterized. Like they they cannot open up. Very often anxious attachment individuals are attracted to avoidant attachment individuals. That keeps the polarization alive in that relationship, Uh, but it can also be really uh, re-traumatizing, especially when that avoidant person cannot open up, cannot uh, communicate their emotions, and ends up burrowing themselves and ultimately usually running from any kind of like bid for a deeper emotional connection. And so when that happens, this this dance of the anxious and avoidant attachment styles, that anxious attachment style, will come after the avoidant individual trying so hard to get that um, reassurance in the relationship that everything's okay. But the avoidant person sees that and says, oh, no, mm-mm, I'm not getting involved, not opening up emotionally. I am closed off, like this is too much for me. Uh, and they, they shut down. And so this can become a really toxic dance between the two. This is not exclusive. Anxious and avoidant are not the only two that are magnetized to each other, but often that is the pattern that we fall into. The third is disorganized or fearful and avoidant. So the disorganized is very dysregulated in their emotions and in their nervous system. These are the hot, cold people. They'll be really hot one day and really, really cold the next. Um, They just aren't able to have a consistent, unconditional attachment. A lot of it has to do with fear of being left or being hurt. Most likely, they're very unaware that they have this attachment style, and so it can be really confusing uh, when you're subconscious and your emotions you you want to connect and then you withdraw. It's uh, the see an enemy attachment where you open up and then as soon as someone comes close, you close back up, and that creates um, a very rocky foundation for a relationship. And it's very difficult for a relationship to thrive in that environment. So those are the first three, the insecure attachment styles, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. And then the fourth is known as secure attachment. Secure attachment is when the individual feels safe and secure alone and in relationships. Their security and their sense of safety and their sense of love as an individual comes from within, but also thrives within relationship. This is a very safe and beautiful spot to be in. And you can get here. I do want to say that your attachment style is not set in stone. There are a lot of ways for you to pause And be able to reflect on your own caretaker imprint, understanding your own attachment style, understanding your partner's attachment style, and being able to pause and reflect. I am on the cusp of anxious. I used to be extremely anxious uh, before that, very disorganized. So I've gone through evolutions of my attachment style through quite a bit of inner work. And I would say now I am mostly secure, but I have moments where that anxious attachment does pop back up, specifically when my partner is very frustrated and cannot communicate or doesn't want to communicate. And for me, the best thing to do is to be able to step back and ask why, why am I feeling this way? Why do I have this anxiety coming up? then I can relax into, okay, I'm, I'm fine. All right, here in this moment, I feel safe. I feel secure. Our relationship feels safe and secure. He's going through his own thing and being able to separate my safety and security, emotional safety and security from his current state is really, really important. From this inner awareness, you can use your energetic tools like EFT tapping or meditation or breath work or journaling to excavate the emotions that are happening in your subconscious. Because the the emotions coming up, the anxiety coming up, is your subconscious saying, wait, 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 is it safe? Let me let me put a pin in this. There are many relationships, especially if you have an abusive caretaker imprint. There are many relationships that start great and through those attachment issues, they turn into very toxic environments. If you feel like you are not safe emotionally or physically, please, please seek professional help. Okay, going back to that pin. If you do feel safe but you're having these emotions come up. You're having these elevated energetics, this frequency that just feels off and maybe um, prompting you to go into anxious or avoidant attachment. Pause. That is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Use nervous system regulation techniques. Breathe. Breath work is really good for this. Being able to identify what that core issue is and release and rewrite through EFT tapping is also very, very beneficial. At any point in your life, when you feel like there have been shifts, please come back to these attachment styles. You evolve you evolve. If you are listening to this podcast, then you are interested in elevating your inner worlds. And when you elevate your inner world, your subconscious expands. And when your subconscious expands, your attachment styles shift. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. Number three, Mm, number three, no one is going to save you. This one is really interesting in my in my experience, like my personal life, because that was really the root of my marriage. I got married in my early 20s. And uh, I will say very sweet man, very, very secure man. Uh, let's talk about the attachment styles here. Secure attachment, extremely. And in this phase of my life, I had Many moments in the disorganized attachment style and my attraction to this relationship and attraction to the idea of marrying this man was very much out of this mentality that he was going to save me because he was the opposite of my caregiver imprint. Very safe, very secure on many levels. And I thought that's what I needed. Uh, that's, that's what was going to regulate my disorganized attachment, um, being safe and having someone there to save me in these moments and to make sure that I didn't relive my childhood. However, I had a lot going on internally that I had not looked at. I was not looking close. I was not uh, diving deeper into these pieces of myself. And honestly, I think that is a bit of what I feel some guilt for. I, I really do not regret that I went through that process. I needed to. I needed to go through that because I learned so much about myself so much about attachment styles, uh, so much about what I needed in order to feel safe and secure within my own life, like as an independent person, rather than looking outside of myself and putting all of that safety and security in the hands of someone else. So that's a big one. When you are dating or in a marriage, or looking for the one, trying to attract the one, make sure that you're not looking for someone to save you. Because the only person who is going to save you is you. The only person who can dive deep and look closer at the internal workings of your subconscious is you. There are individuals who can guide you through that process. That is what I hope to be doing. But no one, no relationship is going to save you. Number four, understanding that when you show up differently in relationship, you give the other person permission to show up differently as well. This is something that I have learned in my current relationship. And I i will say the first few years of our relationship, there was a lot of the anxious avoidant behavior happening. There were a lot of moments of feeling that he needed to be a certain way for me to feel safe and secure in my life. That I wanted him to, to meet all of these Check boxes basically, in order for my subconscious to say, okay, he fits the bill. We're good. We're good here. But I was showing up in a way that kept triggering him, and he was then returning that behavior in a way that was triggering me. So we had seasons of just back and forth triggering. And I'm so glad that we held on because. Where we are today is so different. It is so different. I now understand that in any given moment, the way that I show up to our relationship gives him permission to do the same. We do not need to be stuck in the anxious avoidant pattern that we had participated in at the beginning of our relationship. It can always change. You can always change, but it has to start with you. It has to start inside. It has to start with looking closer at the way you are participating in that relationship. The way that you are creating safety and security within yourself so that you can show up wholesomely to that relationship and allow them to do the same. That's where the real Blossoming happens. Number five, what is your love language? Knowing your love language is a game changer. If you haven't heard of love languages, they are a concept that come from Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and those five love languages are one, words of affirmation, which is talking, (laughs) communication, dialogue, two acts of service. So being helpful, doing things for others, three gifts. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory Four quality time. So just spending time with each other, five physical touch, cuddling, having sex, uh, any kind of like physical affirmation of love. What is your love language? And do you know your partner's love language or your friend or your family member? We don't often speak the same language. And again, this usually comes from your subconscious imprint of how to communicate love with another. And when you are unconscious of this, you will often project that Love language onto another. However, it may not and it often is not the same. So you feel like you are giving love, you are expressing your love, you are showing your love in the way that you know your imprint tells you is appropriate for expressing love. However, the receiving end may have a different love language. So to them, maybe physical touch feels smothering. Maybe gifts feel over the top. Maybe acts of service feel like you want something in return. There can be a lot of miscommunication in love languages and understanding how one receives love. So being able to communicate your love language and being inquisitive of other people's love languages can really, really help when it comes to attaching and feeling seen and heard and understood. These also evolve with you as you evolve through life. The more healing you do around your attachment styles and your caretaker blueprint and releasing what does not feel aligned with you and rewriting what does truly mean a lot to you, what impacts you on a soul level can change your love language over time. So it is important to come back to your love language and revisit words of affirmation were my love language for a long time and my like least impactful love language was physical touch. I can remember being like in Italy in my apartment with my roommate and my friend and they're cuddling on the couch and I remember looking at them, two two women, friends, platonic friends, cuddling on the couch and thinking this is weird. <laughs> and a lot of that came from my inability to have physical touch without anxiety of, uh, safety and security. Because in my childhood, I had a lot of punishment with physical touch. Physical touch was not a way to show love or express love. It was a way to disempower me and to hurt me on many levels. And so I wasn't able to recognize that I couldn't see that hugging, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, even as partners, friends, family, that did not feel loving to me, that terrified me. And it wasn't until I was able to understand this and say, I don't I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. This subconsciously comes from my childhood, but I have the power to release that. And I have the power to rewrite in my subconscious, what feels safe and secure. And in doing so and relieving these pieces of myself that were trying to protect me, I have now shifted into physical touch being one of my top love languages. Very interesting how this happens and the evolution of our attachment styles and our love languages through introspection and soul connection and unbecoming the imprints that we were given as children. Number six, what you crave is what your inner child is needing desperately. So in relationship, we have these things that we crave. Deeper intimacy, feeling heard, being able to communicate deeper desires, feeling that pride that someone appreciates us for who we are. You know, feeling seen, fully seen, You know, being able to be transparent and be celebrated and acknowledged and accepted and worthy for exactly who we are, right? These cravings that we have in relationship are markers for what our inner child really needs from us. Those things are not coming from outside of us. Our inner child wants to feel safe wants to feel secure, and wants to feel love. But all of those things come from you. Again, no one's going to save you, and no one's going to provide those things for you. You have to provide those things for yourself. And when you do, you're able to show up to your relationships in a different capacity, in an expanded capacity. And you're giving permission to others to do the same digging and the same self-soothing and self-love that your inner child really is asking for. Number seven, this one is a big one. Stop blaming. Drop the blame. I see a lot of relationships in my own relationship. Having this blame, like, Someone else made me behave this way, or someone else made me feel this way. Honey, no, they didn't. (laughs) No, they didn't. Their behavior and their actions and their words may have triggered something inside of you that doesn't feel safe and doesn't feel secure and feels like you have to put up this guard to feel safe. But that was not on them. Okay, I think this one is pivotal in the way that you take radical responsibility for your reaction in relationship. Because if someone is treating you in a way that is continuously triggering you, and if you have communicated to them that it is triggering you, and if you have looked within and started to unpack the layers of that trigger to find the root and to provide healing for yourself, but they continue to do that, maybe that's not the right relationship for you. Maybe that person is not respecting your boundaries. Don't blame them, though. You need to blame yourself for sticking around, because you are responsible for your entire experience. If you continue to stick around with someone who does not respect your boundaries... And triggers you over and over knowingly, that is on you. Step away. Step away from that. Seek professional help. Seek couples counseling. If none of that works, it's up to you. You know the decision you have to make. Your experience is your responsibility. Stop blaming others. Stop blaming others for the way that you are responding and reacting. All of that is happening within you. And the last one, number eight. Allow the other to be independent. To be who they are. You're not going to change anyone. In tandem with number seven... You are radically responsible for your own experience, and so are they. If they're going to change, it's going to come from within. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot force it to drink. You can express that you think maybe they could get additional help. Maybe they could learn some new tools for self-regulation. Maybe they could dive deeper into understanding the root of their own behaviors and their own reactions just as you can, but you are not going to change anyone. There's so much freedom and beauty in allowing the other individual to show up exactly as they are and where they are in this season and understanding that we are evolving. We all have unique journeys Even in relationship, it's two individuals on their own unique journeys. Relationship is beautiful because that is where we heal. That is where we see the mirror of our internal reality. There is so much healing to experience within relationship. However, that healing happens because we are curious and we are aware and we are mindful of our own intrinsic reactions and behavior and our own responsibility for our experience. That is where the healing happens, is being able to be triggered, to be able to stand next to an individual who is going through their own journey be able to provide unconditional love and have that secure attachment, knowing that I am safe and I am provided for, and I'm secure in my own right with my own independence. And in that security and in that strong, radical stance of responsibility, I can be here and provide unconditional love for the other in whatever season they are in on their particular journey. That is the beauty of relationship. Being able to enjoy this experience, this in individual experience with another, being able to have compassion, being able to feel the compassion from another, and being able to explore a lot of this inner world, in relationship, because as within, so without. Your current relationship, your current external reality is a mirror of what is going on internally. So if you are harmonious on the inside and you are paying attention and pausing and digging deeper and looking closer, that resonance Will manifest within your relationship. You will see a harmonious relationship, a relationship that looks deeper, a relationship that is curious, a relationship that is desiring evolution and supporting that radical responsibility of your experience. That is the rose blossoming. All right. That is my eight roses of tough love uh, for relationships. And relationship is with lovers. Relationship is with friends. Relationship is with family. These containers of relationship are very healing. Once you can master the pause, once you become fluent in looking closer and being curious, because once you have that curiosity, you can unpack so much and you can release what is not yours to carry. Those imprints from our caretakers, they can be very damaging and they can keep us in very toxic cycles when it comes to relationship. Attracting the same type of partner over and over and over, having the same Feelings of uh, regret or frustration or misunderstanding in relationship. And that's because the other person is not there to save you from these feelings. They are there to be a mirror so that you can lean in and look closer and give your inner child what it is craving. Where there is tension requires attention. Thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of the second season of Kindred Sage Podcast. I love you. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next time.